Welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. This is me, your host, William Porteous. I am not of Greek descent, but it does sound like I should be with a surname like that. Anyway, this week is Kelly Cates, the one and only. I am so excited about this. Bring it to you because we really do traverse quite a few topics, as you would imagine. It sort of it starts around sort of. Um, Sports and what sports sport uh, football being the main focus, but we rapidly um, I don't know we I don't know what would you call it meander is the word we meander across many many topics whether it's homosexuality in football homophobia um, feminism sexism um, racism all the isms and. We really have a very large, like wide-ranging, large debate across many subjects, and you will, you pretty, you're going to enjoy it. You really will. It's, it really has very little to do with sport at all, in fact. But yeah, we you know touch on sort of her relationship with with her dad, Kenny Dalgleish, obviously the Scottish international, Liverpool legend that that is. Um, and we talk about, you know, her relationships with, with geezers as well, like blokes of um, a certain, I don't know what you call them, like a certain stature. I, I think people, you know, like Roy Keane and stuff, hard hitters. If you don't know who Roy Keane is, who is Roy Keane? Roy Keane is a bit of a, a mother trucker. He is a full-blown, I will say what I feel and you will like it kind of a guy, which kind of works on TV. Um, and then, you know, you've got people like Jamie Redknapp who are slightly lesser, perhaps a little bit more articulate or maybe, you know, I don't know, less um, less full of bravado, should we say. And we talk about that a bit. Anyway, you'll love it. I've We had such a good chat, Kelly, Kelly and I, prior to this interview. It was so easy to set up. And that's a rare thing, I must say. It's a rare, rare occasion where you have such open, honest and, dare I say, humane back and forth humane does sound like i'm overblowing it but just good good honest wholesome person and that is a that's a rare thing because normally i'm dealing with with a very cold um, agent or something like that and and it does make it such a refreshing thing to be able to have such an open conversation about potty training for example um neither kelly and i are um potty training at the moment because we're we're adults and we don't need to do that anymore. But our children, um, what well, my obviously Pearl, two and a half is, and her children are fully grown, and um, we were reflecting on that. So it was quite a nice little bonding, bonding session. Anyway, um, if you if you you know if you've got any interest in sport and that's why you're listening to Kelly, there are conversations in in, in the in the back catalogue that you might be interested in. I, I had a really good chat with. Jonathan Agnew, the voice of summer, cricket fans. Again, we talk cricket, but we also talk about the larger picture uh, of, of his life and therefore many different subjects. Uh, sport doesn't really come up on all, an awful lot on this show. Again, it is hard to get sports um, personalities on here because they are so, uh, I'd, I'd say like hard, I don't know, they're revered, aren't they? So they're hard to get hold of. But I'm trying to sort of cast my net a bit because I think sport is something that we all either if we, whether we practice it or not, I don't know. Um, it's very interesting to talk to, to people that really are at the, the front of such endeavour 
and um an achievement a physical achievement is oh my god oh my as you as you well know i'm working out at the moment and even just that trying to get god damn just trying to get one session where i'm not exhausted in is very difficult and it's hard pushing yourself so if you are pushing yourself at the moment physically or creatively well done hats off to you keep it going Oh dear. So yeah, my God, it's been a tough, it's been a tough old week, but you know what? The stay at the in-laws in Suffolk is almost at an end. Laura, Pearl, me and Ray, we're all about finally move into our new sticks in Dis in Norfolk, South Norfolk. Can't wait. We're going to have our own place. We're going to have our own four walls. And that is something with a garden and everything. After living in pokey old London for a while and we love that flat don't get me wrong can't grumble but it was tiny and it's going to be amazing to to, to think about the new dawn the new horizon that is, is stretching out before us I mean you know trying to be positive about it in covid times and, it, and it's it's so it's kind of one of these things I don't know how you have been affected by covid and I will be this will be over shortly don't worry I will stop talking in a minute so we can get to the interview um I'm aware I'm not a celebrity, so therefore it's not all that interesting hearing about my day-to-day. But for the 1% of you that do give a shit, I will say that COVID has offered a couple of opportunities for some people. It's offered the opportunity for my wife to work from home and therefore open the door to a new life, i.e. we're able to move out of London and pursue a more a slower, more countryfied, fresher lifestyle. And I can't wait. I'm excited. Cricket, village cricket, you know? Oh, yeah. Pubs. Oh, you do have pubs in London, of course. But uh, they're not covered in mud. And I'm looking forward to that. A, A pub covered in mud. Thank you very much. Anyway, look, enjoy the show. If you haven't, do find us on Twitter at Limehouse Pod. It'd be great to have some back and forth with you. If you've got any, if you know, if you've got any, anything that you want to discuss with me about this show or any others, drop me an email. I haven't dropped the email address in ages, primarily because there's no point because no one ever emails me. But if you do feel like it, um, the Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com. The Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram, like I, like I said, always said. And I'm trying to update that. I'm trying to do a picture a day for you. I'm trying to do a live video, not a live video, but a video to sort of trailer the show, the upcoming show. So there's a lot of stuff I just need to explain there. I'm trying to advance the show. So we kind of creep past the sort of lower levels of listeners, the lower numbers into perhaps the, the sort of four-figure category which would be good. Considering the level of guests I have on this show, I think it's worthy of that. Christopher Guest, yeah, did have him on. Holy shit. Still can't believe that. Anyway, rock on, look after yourself, and I will see you soon. Just check. Yes, yes, I am on. I've yeah. got. I've lost my AirPods, so I'm. I'm cabled. <laughs> Do you cape? That's fine. That's fine. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm not bad. Well, so when I messaged you earlier, I, yeah. I was glo- I was gloating a bit, wasn't yes, I? Yes, about whole, the seven hey, hours. It's so nice. Right. But but the thing is, I then thought I was Superman. So I went on a six-mile walk and did a 40-minute workout <laughs> oh and then did a 20-minute t- run. And, oh, my God. Yeah, it doesn't. What an amateur. Yeah. The thing is, you've got all that sleep deprivation to even itself out as well. You can't, you can't just go off one good night. But you do. You have a really good night's sleep and you feel like you can do everything. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a it's a foolish mistake, uh, <laughs> one that I'm, I'm I'm willing to accept, and I'll yeah. move on. And uh, yeah, well, at least you've got your at least you've got your exercise in. You've banked that now. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. But that's my worry. You see, Kelly, I think like what will happen is I'll, I'll now for the next three days if I yeah. don't exercise, I'll be like, oh, well, it's okay because I had, <laughs> I had Monday. But in reality, yeah. it's complete nonsense. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, well, you just need to get get out when you can. You've got a newborn. God, it's not it's not oh, easy. No. Not easy. I was I was saying that exact same thing to my wife. I was like, "There's just no, there's just no point in, no. in putting these massive hurdles in front of you, like that you're clearly not going to be able to get over." No. I've just got to at least for the next six months or so, just got to chill. Especially just out. now as well. I just think I don't know. I keep I've, yeah. I know a couple of people who've had babies in in lockdown not particularly well but you know people that I sort of know of or what and I I can't work out whether I'd have found it easier or harder because in some ways it sort of takes that pressure off off to go and do stuff with the babies you can just kind of stay at home but you've got a toddler as well haven't you yeah yeah Mm. god it's like you've done more research than I have no you told me you told me (laughs) I know I know I know it's so funny like yeah and and She's great. In fact, just before this conversation started, she did a poo in the potty candy. So that's so exciting. Yeah. It is really there good. You go. I remember yeah, with my my second, that'll be so much easier because with my second, she just kind of potty trained herself more or less because her sister, you see her sister going to the loo, especially with girls. And she was like, I want to yeah. do that. So I just literally scattered, you know, the little kind of plastic potties. I scattered them sort of around the house a bit and just was like, look, in case you can't get to them, I, you know, when I was like, when she gets older, I'll obviously kind of move them nearer to where, but I was like, look, you might as well. I think she had, she maybe have chicken pox or something. And I was just like, right, here we go. Then let's just leave you to it and see how you get on. And it was fine. It was just kind of oh, yeah. quite, not that there weren't I've... mishaps, but it was fine. It was second one's so much easier. That. Oh man, I remember, I remember reading an autobiography about the the, the guy who read um, who wrote um, with Nell and I. Yeah. And when he was when he was growing up, his his granddad, I think he was raised by his granddad or something, and he was mental, proper, crazy person. And 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 Bruce, yeah, that was it, Bruce Robinson, the director, and he was like, he said he used to do poos around the house and leave them in secret places. It's just like what as an adult. Earth? No, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, yeah. Imagine that as an adult. Wow. <laughs> like, I thought you know, his granddad did. I was like, oh yeah. my god. No, so I did I didn't explain that at all well. No, no, no. I've got that thing. I just yeah, I think I just I just kind of assume any I think because we were on that sort of with Nail and I thing as well. I was just yeah, like anything's right. possible. I was <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. You got I mean it kind of explains everything, right? Yeah, that exactly. Character. I was like, yeah, what a legend. Yeah, I should yeah. have probably been but, more um, surprised than I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are you anyway? How is um? Good. I mean, it's, it's good. When I when I've been saying to people like, "How's lockdown treating you?" Yeah. Now, I mean, it used to feel like, "Oh, that was that's 
that's kind of something that you could you could sum up it's about three months isn't it and then but yeah. now it's moved on to six months and now it's coming on to a year oh so it's almost God. like um when I say how's lockdown been for you it's almost like how's your entire year been I know, you know? and this but this one this this one's been the toughest I think for everybody hasn't it yeah. I just everybody I talk to is just Oh, it's miserable this one it's just really it just feels like uh, one step too far and I think yeah. because it feels it feels like it's not necessary this one that if we'd got a grip of this earlier on we wouldn't be having to do it and so I think there's a, a lot of resentment in it as well I think it's just like you oh, know God, we're, yeah. we're fine I'm... we're sort of pottering along and it's okay but it's still just you just I just I've had to get myself or I'm trying to get myself out the habit of waking up every morning. The first thing that goes through my head is, here we go again. Then. And it's just, it's really hard. I'm trying to, because that's, that's not a healthy way to start a day. No, I know. But I mean, you, you know, I, I saw you on the box the other day. Was it for the United match? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, United match. Um, and I thought, By well, the way, I've know, got a glass of wine that, here. <laughs> hey, mate. Yeah, have you? Yay! Good. Yeah. It's I've gone for the white. Yeah, I'm on red. I'm on, it's, it's, I'm on red and on a little kind of little thing like that. I got into the habit of doing that when the girls were small, just because everything kept getting knocked over. And now I'm like, I'm fine. It kind of looks like it was a whiskey tumbler at first. Mm. I was like, that's cool. That's a lot of whiskey. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. A shit, shit ton of whiskey. But I mean, you know, it's like it's <laughs> lockdown and all that. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's but red I, wine. I mean, it must be because I, I looking at looking at you presenting, and I was like thinking, much like uh, I love cricket, and I was watching the guys in in the cricket studio. But it's just a studio; it's not like you're live there or anything. Yeah. Is it? It's, it must be. It must be really uh, not depressing. Well, I suppose because of the excitement of going to a live match and, and, and broadcasting on it, mm. and, and, and and what have you. Um, it, it was. I mean, what's the? It's different. It's just different. Yeah, it's just different. And you know, there are moments where you you kind of find yourself getting caught up in it. But it's not. You're mm. right. It's not the same for anybody. If you're not there, and if you, but also even just fans not being there, because part of part of the story is the reaction that you know it's going to get from the fans and you know Brighton winning the other night and it's Brighton get their first home win and you can hear yeah. I think it was Bill Leslie was doing it you can hear him like really oh it's great for them and it's this right. and you think this would be normally like people would be going mad inside the stadium and you'd be you kind of carried on that wave whereas yeah. if if you're just in a stadium that's kind of empty and there's a few people going mad on the bench you're like oh it's great it- it, yeah, I know it's, it is it is weird isn't it I mean we we had uh, I'm sorry I'm a Southampton I think did yeah. I tell you I was yeah, a Southampton yeah, yeah. supporter so we <laughs> we beat uh, your lock uh, yeah, 1-0 yeah. and can you even imagine what that would have been like to be at the at I know. for that I oh know. my god and it, I think it you feels know. like nothing nothing feels as big and nothing kind of stings as badly when it goes wrong either it just kind of it's all it's all just leveled off a, a tiny tiny bit I mean we might see that change maybe towards the end of the season, you know, as things mm. start to get a bit more settled. Because sometimes you do you do naturally get a bit of a lull about February time because you're kind of post-Christmas, post all the fixture mm. congestion, Champions League starts coming back and, you know, it starts to get... And then and then once you get into March, that's you on the home run into the end of the, on, into the, end of the season then, or the home yeah, straight rather. Yeah. But um, so I think sometimes there is a bit of a lull sort of February time anyway. But... Um, this season just yeah. feels a bit. Um, it's still they've still got some great moments, and you know, and it's still, but it just it is definitely missing the fans massively. 
Yeah, I mean, because it, it, like when it first started, when the season first got underway, it was a little bit like, oh my God, all the goals flying in and what have you. Yeah. You kind of thought, is this how the entire season is going to play out? Yeah. And, and it was really, really exciting. Um, but but obviously, there's still some really wonky things, uh, results. And also, yeah. you know, City, I, it's really funny because I, I love Bundesliga, like, so German uh, yeah. German League and, and, and what have you. And um, that hasn't changed <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just you know Bayern are going to do it blah 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 but with this season it just seems like it's still kind of like any anybody's yeah. really really because, the Bundesliga you know, sort of settled it was still it was still a little bit off when it first started it took a little while yeah. to get back into the groove didn't it and then and then it's kind of settled down but the Premier League still Manchester City aside and if Liverpool can put a run together maybe them as well but yeah. you know Last couple of games, Man United have slept up a bit, and they've done. so it's. It just feels, it it just feels like everybody, everything. If anything happens, I'm not I'm not massively surprised by anything. I thought I, you can kind of be. You, I find myself going, oh God, I can't believe that happened. But it's not that same sort of shock to the Buzz. core feeling. Yeah, you don't. It's yeah. not because you just think, well, it's this season. Yeah, I know. I, do you know, it's really funny you say that, actually, because I think when I think about it, actually, you're actually kind of onto something there because I, whether it's not because I've just learned to sort of calm, I haven't actually. <laughs> I'm still completely emotionally, yeah. you know, just, you know, I don't know what the hell I, I don't know what's wrong with me when I'm, most football fans, right? When, you know, yeah, your yeah, team yeah. doesn't win or whatever. But especially with VAR, I just didn't give a shit the other day. Yeah. We should have had two penalties. And I just thought, oh, I just don't care. No. I just, I mean, what, and I think, it, I think it's, you're, you're right there. I think it is just like this sort of, you know, the, we're turning slightly into like auto, automatons. Or yeah. And I think there's, and there's just, part of that that is due, due to lockdown and we're all just a little bit more, we're either really highly strung or we're all we've all just kind of completely flat flatlined at the moment you know i think yeah. everybody's everybody's been affected in, in one of those two ways so i think that there is part of it that is to do with this with this lockdown but also i think well one with southampton because you've had a decent season you kind of you don't feel the stings as as badly when you when they when they kind of come yeah. and you go on a you go on a bad run but also i think that's that's the big worry i think with var is not that people get annoyed with it and and discuss it and get angry and hate it it's when people get to the stage where they go oh what what's the point i don't even know what's going on anymore and that apathy is is what's going to hurt the game more than the fury around it do you know what that again (laughs) that's a really good point man like you don't hear because i know gary lineker when he's presenting match of the day or what have you he absolutely he he's very articulate in his hatred yeah. of it, yeah. which is great. He wasn't though. He was. I think his. I think. I think I'm right to say. I think it with him, it comes a lot from frustration because I think there's a lot mm. of. To, it's great to have the referees being assisted in getting the decisions right. The issue is that it's what it's the way it's being used at the moment. It doesn't feel that they've got that right. I think. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think. I, I think if the problem was that there was always going to be if the games became micromanaged, if it's just to correct massively wrong decisions, hmm. you, you find yourself kind of drawing a line from someone's bum. I don't think you should be. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just that? think that was 
Denmark. And I get the point that if you're offside, you're offside, you're offside. But also, there's the you know when they're drawing it from from Danny Ings' um, shirt, and and you're like, yeah. well, it's got to be from where he can score. So the, so then that's arbitrary. Then there's a, a and it's not a massive yeah. degree of error, but there is a sort of natural degree of error in 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 the system anyway and you build that in you think yeah. really, I mean, to be honest that goal wouldn't have been allowed because it was flagged in, in real time so mm. it was only it was only should we overturn the should we overturn the decision so that's that's one thing but but i, yeah. I just think if just to use that example if it hadn't been flagged um it it just feels like when you're coming down to to such tiny decisions they should have looked at that yeah. the assistant flags um, they have a look at it on VAR and they go, oh, he, he might be level. We can't really tell. Okay, well, we'll go with the assistant's decision. And then it all moves on and everybody, and it's near enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You accept right. a yeah. degree of human error that is that small. What you don't accept is if, you know, he's suddenly three feet on side and, you know, that that you don't accept. Yeah. But you know, and I don't. I don't want to make this about VAR. No, it's, you know, because yeah. I think we're, we're all exhausted by that. Yeah, <laughs> we're all yeah, we're all not <laughs> yeah. down to press enough. But like they got it right in cricket. I don't mm. know how they've they've got it so good. I, I watch I watch you know replays in cricket. and I actually enjoy it, and I feel like everyone's everyone's got an advantage of this, you know, and and it does work, and it doesn't yeah, but, piss the umpires off too much. Yeah, but there's, but, like but in cricket it is it's you know. It, it's you can you can physically map out where the ball pitches and where it's where it's going to spin yeah. what's going to happen whether it's going to not stump whatever it's going to happen whatever's going to happen mm. whether it would whether it is lbw is it's it, they're binary decisions but when you when it comes into football then you're asking a referee to give their opinion often so not not obviously an offside but in in red card situations um you know that you're looking at at and you're looking at a referee, or even handball now is is so subjective. But it feels like the right. more layers they put on it, the worse it gets. And I think I think bigger than than VAR, I think there's a massive issue with the laws of the game. They've been messed about with so much that now nobody understands them. The players don't understand them. But Ambrose Townsend the other day, I spoke to him and he said, Oh, they, yeah, he said, we had the big speech at the start of the season from the referee who came in to talk to us. And this is how handball's going to be this season. This, he said, in a few games into the season, the ref pulled both captains, went, we've had a chat about the uh, handballs. PJMOL have had the chat about the, the handballs. And it's going to be a bit different from now on. No, nothing more. <laughs> this is what Andrew said. <laughs> nothing more. And the players all go out thinking, well, we don't really know what this is. So then you think, well, how do you know? How can you trust that the referee is making the right decision? How can you trust that the VAR is making the right decision? How can... Yeah. Because they're being asked to make subjective decisions in a world where the rules are constantly changing and in a world where the rules are not clear in the first place, where it all comes down to opinion. And it's really yeah. it's really hard. This was supposed to make it easier, but what I think it's done is just show up how not fit for purpose the rules are. Yeah, yeah. God, look at you. <laughs> you are like... I know. God, I, I I've I'm, had a lot of time I, to I, think. <laughs> on my... But on my um, saints uh whatsapp thread i don't know there's like seven or eight of us and like it's always the same yeah. always trying to pin down this var thing and i've i've just sort of i just go there i always just say why didn't you score more goals like saints <laughs> you had like how many chances last night and you didn't you didn't yeah. like put them out put them away yeah. so like that's the thing anyway, as well there's talk- often those often those decisions aren't what no, decides the game it's when they do that they make the headlines but very often they're not what decides the game Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just get Aguero on the pitch. <laughs> um, 
what what I'd love what I'd love to do is just talk a bit about like um, the for- formative years. So mm-hmm. like when I don't know when you were growing up and what have you, and what you kind of wanted what what you what you, what, what you wanted to do. What was the yeah. thing you wanted to do the most when you were a wee kid? Um, and and when did football come into it and stuff? Um, football. I don't, I'd never really thought of football as a job in any sense. I yeah. didn't play, um, and I just watched it because I liked it, and that was it. Was just in the background, and it was part of our lives. So I didn't. Um, yeah, kind of hard to avoid it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just right. you know the whole sort of rhythm of life was kind of based around based around football everything was you know and um it's a bit like now when when people hear people sort of grumbling about working over christmas and i'm like you work in football yeah but then right. but then i grew up with that i grew up with my dad going training on christmas day to play on boxing yeah. day or to you know or, or, or bringing home like another cup another cup yeah, oh, yeah. Cup yeah. That's yeah. another cup yeah so it so it was never um it was never never something that I thought of working in. And then I don't know, I, I sort of went through loads of different things, I think, when I was when I was younger and still wasn't that clear. And went off to uni. I started off doing chemistry at uni and then switched to maths. Um oh, great. so it was in a completely different different area altogether. And then so you're a bit of a science bod then in that was the my, early days. That was my kind of yeah, school and university and everything. And then I didn't finish my degree because I got um Sky Sports News started up. So they had they yeah. they literally brought in a load of twenty somethings and let us go and play at making telly to well we only broadcast to the building. We didn't broadcast to anyone else. Um and yeah. then eventually you could buy the little kind of mini dishes when the Sky Digital dishes were introduced, that would be ninety-eight. And then it wasn't okay. it wasn't until then that 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 Christmas that people could start to buy the dish. And then, you know, not that many people did. And um of those people, not that many watched Sky Sports News. <laughs> so we had we, it was a really it was a really lucky time because they you know, you've yeah. got a, a a company and a and a and a and a sports and a football department at that the one at Sky Sports that have all these resources that make a 24-hour sports news channel for the first time ever and everybody said you'll never fill it you'll never fill it no what how, really? how much sports news is there really around and you're like well let's just see <laughs> shall we and um, <laughs> and we did we yeah we and then and nobody could see it so and then, and then yeah. effectively nobody could see it but it was um it was just really good for me just got all our hours under our belts of of actually yeah. making telly but what about like little little Kelly? Because this is interesting to me. Because I, I, I don't really speak to many people where they go, um, like I, I pick my football team completely independently of, uh, like an emotional decision based on a father or an uncle or a yeah. mother or whatever. Mine was because of my dad. Yeah. Um, it could have been Man United, but it was because of my dad. I mean. Was there ever a time where it wasn't Liverpool for you? Were you ever like I don't know, like a, a, a Toffees fan, or a, well, it wouldn't be Toffees, would it? But like you no, know, something. Never. It just was because because I was um, what would I have been just nearly two when we moved to Liverpool. Mm. So it it just it never it, it was it was part of my life before I before I even remember my mum because when. My mum and dad first moved to Liverpool. My mum didn't have babysitter or anything like that. My brother was six months old and I was a toddler in, in a very similar situation to you. And she would, and she did, because she didn't have a babysitter and she was, she'd go to the games and she'd take these two kind of small wriggling children and kind of come out like 
drenched in sweat and exhausted by the end of the game and yeah. not having seen any of it. Um, and there was a there was a sort of players lounge there, which was just a, a big room. Now they have creches and all kinds, and and they have you know yeah. childminders within the within the ground so that the kids can go and play, and it's fantastic. But and it really brings the families into the club. But um, yeah, mum, we would we would just go and sit and make a use of ourselves during the games, even before we knew what was happening. And then we'd go down <laughs> after the game or at half time and play with all the other kids. So it was yeah. it was like it was a day out for us. So can you remember like the, the I don't know, because I, I have a really cool like um, sense of, I don't know, maybe a lot of people will have this, I suppose. But like, for example, like a sense of smell will bring back immediately, like the sense of damp or a musky damp smell will either rem- remind me of Village Hall and then like all this stuff happened at Village Hall yeah. or cigarette smoke and beer and beer together, which you don't smell that much nowadays. Um, would just immediately take me back the, to the Dell. Can you remember anything of like Anfield back in the back in the day when you can you first when things first started like clicking for you in terms of excitement? Yeah, and weirdly, and it is it is from the it, the the first memory is from the players' lounge, and it's I remember playing with the other kids, and they used to it was just you know now I'm sure they get much more um, ornate food and sophisticated, but it was like trays of <laughs> sandwiches, like triangle sandwiches, yeah. and it was tinned salmon. Which we didn't have, yeah. which we didn't really have, Brilliant. and tin salmon. I don't even really like tin salmon very much. And I used to try because I like tuna. I remember I liked tuna, but I didn't like tin salmon. And I because yeah. tin salmon sometimes has got little, the little kind of um, like you can like little cr- crunchy bits, like little bits of bone sometimes in the salmon, nice. which you don't get in yeah. the in the in the tuna. In, in I don't know, I haven't had it in years because I still have this childhood <laughs> aversion to it. But it is a, shit. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little, it's it's little things like that, like a little. Yeah. A tin salmon sandwich is what reminds yeah. me of it. And then there's a, um, but in, even in terms of smell, that there's a there's a particular smell of smoke that reminds me because obviously when we went, you could it was like it wasn't. Yeah. So there was a certain smell of smoke that that reminds me of it. And then from being a bit older, and my brother used to go out after the game and and sometimes play on the pitch with some of the other kids. They were allowed to go and do that when, when we were a bit older. Um, and I didn't really do that very much, but still, that smell of the of the grass and deep heat is is just yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even now, I stand yeah. in a tunnel if I'm working, and it was not so much now because I'm, I'm more used to it. But especially when I first started working pitch side, and I just felt oh, I had this kind of. You know, I, I suppose probably if I'm talking about football, I shouldn't talk about like a Proustian rush, <laughs> kind of, you know, and sort of all that. <laughs> but I did. It was. It took me back to yeah. being a being a kid again. Yeah. Yeah. God, I bet it's it's really weird, isn't it? Like how we um we do our senses hold on to those um memories for us because we we can't retain everything, can we? Yeah. But I, I I just remember the first time I went to see Saints was at the Dell and it was Wimbledon on a Wednesday night. Um, but I remember the first time coming out of the, you know, up and into the ground, into the, to, to the stadium under the floodlights yeah. and it was just unbelievable. It was just like, what the hell? This, as you know, I was really, for, for a good five, ten minutes, I was in a bit of shock. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because all the swearing, all the noise, the, the lights and stuff, and yeah. the match hasn't even begun, right? I know. So, like, what what was it like for you? For you but I don't remember. Do remember I don't remember my first yeah. match because I, I don't remember a time. It's like I don't remember, I don't know, learning to swim, or I don't remember, yeah. like, a time when I couldn't do it, or things, the sort of basic, basic things in life. I just don't remember a time when... 
when I wasn't too going many to football. matches. That's why. No, well, yeah. I was just too young. So by the time that I was old enough to kind of form memories of it, it wasn't. It was normal. It wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't have that moment of it's my first time ever at a football ground. It just wasn't. It just wasn't like that because I was there all. The, it, I was there from before I I can remember. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I, I, I suppose it's kind of like a pretty obvious question, but it's just one that I just, I just really want to ask. But what, what were the? I don't know because I think it's because of. Part, do, you, do you ever listen to the Quickly Kevin podcast? I have do done, you? yeah, not all the time, but I haven't. Yeah, I'm it, very slack on my podcast at the moment. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, honestly, it got me, got me through lockdown at least the yeah. first one, and it, it's just absolute genius. But a lot of yeah. the time that you know they'll talk about '90s lads and stuff and and yeah. what have you. Um, and obviously that's a little bit past you, you, you know, when when you're in and around Anfield, yeah. I suppose. But like all the early years, but some of those guys like Sunes and what have you, like. That must have been quite, I don't know, like a, not a baptism of fire, but like for little kiddies to be around some of those characters. That must have been. No, but it was, <laughs> yeah, but they were, but they were, they were my parents' friends, and yeah. they were. I mean, the thing I think, and we still forget this about footballers. You know, they are they're young men. You know, they're mostly in their early to mid twenties, by by and large, and they've generally got really young families as well and they're all kind of in the in the same boat and the amount of times that you see players at events they have to go to if you put them with kids suddenly you see a really natural side of them because you forget they're so young and they are just you know in in that kind of more in a more formal structure you stick a camera in front of them then a lot of them will feel a bit more uncomfortable with that just because they don't have as much they're much better now than they used to be but there is that um there is that that unfamiliarity with it but so we would have i remember um i don't know someone like alan kennedy coming over to the house when we were very i was very little because i remember the muppets was on the telly on a saturday must have been <laughs> and I, rem- I remember little things like he brought this pink and white striped paper bag full of sweets and so for years <laughs> i always thought he was the nicest man in the world or like, ronnie whelan yeah. was teaching me how to um blow um, blow bubbles into your coke so it made it you know made it foamy on the top and things like that when we were right. in the play or oh, I can't just but and Graham was um, like when Graham first came to to Liverpool we were still in a hotel my mum and dad hadn't bought anywhere to live because it all happened quite quickly and we were still there and then Graham came we must have moved in the August or September and Graham moved in the January or whatever it was and um, he used to take me <laughs> he used to take me out in my pram because yeah. because women used to stop and say, "Oh, a baby," and he go, "Not mine, not mine." I just really love children, and that was his pull- <laughs> that was his pulling line. I was his wingman, so there was this whole kind of you know we were all we were all they were all really close and they were all really young and really and my yeah, mum you know course. with with Graham as well and you know especially because he was um, he he liked the lifestyle as well and you know he had a Miss World girlfriend and mum was like, yeah. "Oh my god." You know, this like twenty-four-year-old girl from Glasgow sitting there going, "Oh my God, I'm going out to dinner with Miss World. What the hell am I going to wear?" And you know, it was all that. <laughs> it was just, it was just really. They, they were all. It was it for me was really normal. I never saw a side of it that wasn't normal. Yeah, was it? I mean, because I don't want to deviate too much from. Try, I'm trying to be linear. I never really have much yeah. structure to my interviews, but it did. It did. I did want to know, and I, I suppose. I asked Jonathan Agnew a, a similar question mm. about what's it like working with Jeff Boycott and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, 
I don't know. I want to believe that Roy Keane is a real softy underneath it all. But I also want to know what the hell it's like to have Graham Sunez or Roy Keane on either side of you. And you're just like, oh, this this could go one of two ways. But, I, but this is, but that's that's the point is that I grew up with people yeah. like this. This isn't this isn't unfamiliar territory to me. This is you know, and yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to be on the sharp end of either of this. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them. I, I wouldn't think, want either of them to lose yeah. their temper with me. But it's. I'm not unfamiliar with it, and I yeah. think. And it's not. You know. It's not that. Oh, Roy or Graham is a massive softy underneath it all. It's not that. That is a definite part of their personality. Is that they are yeah. aggressive. Is probably strong, but they do have that side to them. You know, they do have that yeah. argumentative, combative side to them, and and they need to have. And it's not just going to disappear. But equally, there is a really great a really sort of friendly charming side to them Graham particularly you know with the whole kind of yeah you know European travel kind of Portugal and Italy and you know the <laughs> Turkey and he sort of traveled the world and he's got the beautiful suits and the you know and um yeah. he's he's got a really you know they're just whereas Roy is very much I, I get the impression is very has got a much quieter more sort of home-centered life as well and Graham mm. does as well but yeah, yeah the, 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 but, but you see part of their personality. You never see all of someone's personality, I don't think, on screen. And they... Yeah, no, of course. It's, it's yeah. Um, yeah. And you see, like, things like Graham talking about going to the Pride March in, in was it, I think it was in Brighton, he went to a, a Pride March and he sort of went and he just listened and he came away and said, I learned loads of stuff and I understand better and I'm really yeah. glad I went and I had a great time. And, you know, it's they, they're not... They're not thoughtless bores, but they do have an aggressive element to their oh, yeah, to their personality. But I, but I think yeah. sometimes they get, and I do feel, especially when it's somebody I work with a lot, especially with Graham, because I've known him since I was a baby. But I do feel get quite defensive over the people I work with mm. because you, especially during a game, you've got a chance to talk to somebody and you see more of mm. them, and yeah. then you know you'll read something. That sort of dismisses them as this one-dimensional character, and you think that's oh, just yeah. rubbish. You know, they're well, not. Of course, they're not yeah. a cartoon figure. But then I suppose that's part of it. They don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, they no, they well, could no. not. I mean, get, they couldn't care less. But I don't like it. I mean, it pays the bills, man. Because like, think, what, what would, where would we be if yeah. like we didn't have people like yeah. Roy King, Graham Sears, etc. Et I I love that. I love. I used to. I look. Okay. I don't agree with anything Jeff Boycott says in terms of politics. I don't. I I couldn't be any more further removed from him. But his cricket commentary is absolutely was. Sorry, mm-hmm. doesn't do anymore. The best yeah. is the best. It was just so yeah. on the money, and I used to love that. And I do. I do love it about Roy Keane sometimes. I don't like it when he when he gets a little bit too much. Like I remember him like taking out Lee Dixon on um on live on the BBC or whatever, World Cup or whatever. Yeah. And I thought, Oh no, poor Lee, don't do not, that to Lee. Not Lee, not lovely Lee. Lee. Yeah. He's yeah. the nicest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I saw him driving around Barnes once and I tooted him in my van yeah. and I went, Are You right, Lee? And he went, All yeah. right, mate. All right. <laughs> he's, oh, he's so nice. But, he's such a lovely man. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the the thing you touched on there about Graham uh, Sunez going to Pride, that's quite interesting to me because I, I want, 
I have spoken to a couple of people about footy and in in terms of like um, the gay community and, and uh, you know openly uh, gay football football players and what have you. And, and I know the BBC do a really good, they, at least they're trying to like, you know, be more proactive and talking about it. I know a, a couple of years ago they had Robbie, Robbie Savage was on there and, and they, they, I think they made apologies like on Match of the Day about how they'd, you know, be- behaved or wound people up on the pitch. Homophobic abuse, homophobic. as it would yeah. be now, which then was, you know, yeah. taking a sort of dressing room done. banter. And, yeah, and whereas whereas now that's that's correctly sort of labelled as, as abuse. But I think... yeah. I think that comes with um, a sort of heightened awareness. And I think, who, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, who was saying um, young, because it was a while ago, but it was making the point that young players generally come from more diverse backgrounds. They have a much broader group of friends now than they ever did because, you know, you go back to the 70s, 80s, even into the into the number 90s and lad culture as well, which just kind of gave it its yeah gave it real legs as well, um, and and that 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 very much existed. But players now their lives are different, so their their kind of outlooks are not every. I'm not you know I'm not saying every. We can't generalize across you know hundreds thousands of people across the leagues, but um, they yeah their their lives are all our lives are different now from how they were. Mm. 20, 30 years ago. I would like to think we all know yeah. more. I know that it's like a personal choice, obviously. You know, not, not everyone wants to just disclose really personal information. I completely understand why. We I, thought, like I, was genuinely, I was genuinely shocked then. I thought you meant like being gay is a personal choice. And I was genuinely, I went, oh, oh, no. oh God. <laughs> I just, I was like, yeah. where are you going with this? Yeah, it's not, it's I not mean, on anyone to, to kind of, yeah, to take that. Exactly. It's not on anyone to take that pressure on. And, and there, there would be pressure. You know, I, I think, um, I don't know, maybe it would be easier if you had success first and then came out or um, I I just don't, I just don't know. And and my, I don't think there would be, I don't think from, from what I I don't think it would be from within the dressing room that there would be criticism or um, it would be uncomfortable in in the same way. But one, I, I don't know that from a, gay players perspective in the dressing room who may well think I'm talking absolute rubbish and think, do you know what it would be? It would be, you just seem to think, you know, because, because yeah. I'm not on the receiving end of homophobic abuse. I don't know what it would feel like to come out in a, in a dressing room. But I, but I think, um, I suspect that the bigger issue would be from outside of football and not just that, but there's a, there would be an enormous amount of pressure on anybody to, to carry that sort of yeah. flag for being, the first and I think it takes an awful lot of and and it is an awful lot of um strength to be able to to do that and if it detracts from your main aim which is your job then is it is it worth it is it worth it to be that person in order to mm. clear the path a bit for for players who may come after you I just don't know I I, I just I think, I think it's, it's such a yeah. complicated decision to make it's not as easy as just saying I'm proud of who I am and I don't care who knows it that's just it's just not that easy no, of course yeah yeah no exactly and I, but what what I would what you'd hope is if someone were to come out and yeah. then and others would follow and then it wouldn't just be on that one person's shoulder mm. it just interests me to talk to you about it because you've been around football since what you you know since you mm. can remember mm. and and particularly from an era when you know 
it was just homophobia was just part and parcel of the game, right? And and racism and every every you know ism, and it was just the dirtiest, hor- most horrible in the eighties. I mean, football was disgusting, you know, really, you know, in the terraces and what have you. And and now it's um, we like to think, right? We like to think that it's it's better. And it, it is. There's no. You can't just say that. You know, we haven't progressed because we, we we were having this conversation for starters. But like, it just it just does irritate me. And I, it's something that if I think about it for any great length of time, it does tend to wind me up. You know, people mm. that um, are still required to feel they are required to be quiet about what their true identity is and what that must be like. That must be. Yeah, you know they they could even be openly gay to a group of friends, but they can't be openly gay in their 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 job, what they do. Yeah. you know it's that's bad, and it's just yeah. in football and and what have you. Rugby's okay with it, cricket's okay with it. It's like well to a degree, but you mm. know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and and I think it is you know it is just that that first you like to think the first will make it will make a difference, but. It, it, you can't it, it's it's very hard for one person to take that gamble that they're going to be the person and also I think it takes um I don't know I'm just trying to put myself in in that position I think it would take yeah. it would take um a sense of um a sense of their own status maybe that, that maybe they don't have you know that, that it would take a thing of going okay I am I am big enough and popular enough and have enough of a profile to carry this on my own and I think for somebody to have that ego would be quite something so I think unless you have that which mm. people people generally don't unless you're you know quite strange then I think it would be it's um yeah it, it, it's, it, it's a big yeah. thing yeah but it's a but even then, you know, I think even then some of the loudest voices are some of maybe the most fragile. They've just got the thickest shells and you just never know. I don't know about him. I don't know him at all, but I never really had anything no, to, to do with right. him. But you just you just don't you just don't know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. God, it's just, it's one of those subjects we could just bang on for for yeah. absolute ages. Yeah. We've already we've just done thirty seven minutes in the <laughs> so but the, oh, but the, psycho- the sports psychology is, is, is such a fascinating thing. There was, a, there was another big interview with A.P. McCoy, and he's talked a lot about this, about, you know, the fact that he felt that if he were to move towards feeling more comfortable with failure, but to beat himself up less, to be less hard on himself, that, that he would lose an edge. And so he almost got his satisfaction from overcoming that voice in his head that was very negative and very critical which okay. i mean i the thought of living like that would would exhaust me <laughs> but i just think yeah. i think i think probably a lot of them have that that kind of um the, i think the very best people at anything probably maybe musicians are, are similar that that kind of sense of constantly battling against this really critical inner voice only only and i'm only saying that from reading about you know when, when people do give interviews about that kind of thing well, Brian, is it Brian Moore, the, the rugby player yeah. um, who wrote a book? And he, his depression was extraordinary. Yeah. Really, very desperately sad. Mm. I mean, you know, from winning the World Cup and then going back into the, the dressing room or whatever. I don't know if there's a World Cup, but mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, and then just literally getting to the dressing room and just half an hour later, he's berating himself. You know, he, I didn't deserve it. It was everyone else that won it. And I mean, that's a different yeah. level, isn't it? Well, there's a, there's a Maradona story, which I'm not sure if it's apocryphal, but he, he I think... 
I've read this, but I, I can't remember where I read it. So I don't, I, it could just be some random, you know, one of these made up quotes on Twitter. But he talks about um, lifting the World Cup as captain of Argentina and thinking, where now? <laughs> and it's, God, yeah. And, scary. Yeah, because, but it's, it's, it is scary. And you sort of think, God, the poor guy, he can't even enjoy it. But also it's completely relatable, don't you think? To do something that huge and think, now what is anything else in my oh. life ever gonna ever gonna match up to this? Am I am I now done it? However old he was, am I am I now am I now done? Are you basi- decades are you of my life trying to, to live. say, basically trying to say that that's why it's good to be an England supporter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never, never, never have never. that moment. <laughs> we'll always that just moment. short, just short. Yeah, yeah. we'll always yeah. be crying into our beers and just being utterly, <laughs> uh, you know, disappointed. Know. Oh my God, the Gareth train love train. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God, can't believe the Euros are coming up. That's insane. But um, what was that? God, there's so many, so many things to talk about. Because I know you've, you've, I've read a really great article, or sorry, um, yeah, article in the Guardian uh, where you spoke so um, openly and candidly about um, uh, Marcus Rashford and his fantastic work um, uh, with, with, with the kids and what have you, and uh, school meals and what have you. It's just, it's, it's absolutely. I, I mean, I, I really applaud your like your openness about that because I don't. I, I think there are a lot of people that are being open, but not as articulate. And also, um, it, it's also a risk, isn't it? You know, when you crit- critique the government. Yeah, I mean, stuff. I think I think with Marcus Rashford, it's not a, not a huge risk to come out in in support of him. Mm. I mean, he's talking about feeding hungry children. Um, the only difference of opinion there, and that's me with. BBC training in the back of my mind is the yeah, only the only yeah. room for kind of having to put the other point of view to that is in which way do you do that best? Um, yeah. That's the point the point of contention. Any decent yeah. person does not want to see children going hungry. They they may be differences as to how they think it works. But look, I, I just think it's it it just seemed like the most simple of solutions to a, a to a problem that is extremely complex and that has all kind of socio-political kind of reasons and I just think it's um I just think it's 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 really admirable of him I don't think it's I don't think it's you know I don't, I don't think there's much riding on anybody who wants to come out and support him I think for him to take that risk and to put his head to put himself that high is 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 risky and I know there were people who were not necessarily people who were close to him, but there were people who were concerned for him. You know, if you paint, if you put yourself in this position, people will come for you. It doesn't matter how well-meaning your, um, how, how well-meaning this is, and how brilliant it is, and how many thousands of children are fed because of you. People will come for you if you put your, if you put yourself that high. And he, he'll know that. He'll have seen that. He'll have lots of brilliant advice, but he's just handled it fantastically well he's clearly extremely intelligent even though he's quite quiet there's clearly a really fierce intelligence there and i think it's there's that and there's a really strong sense of fairness and justice and all those kind of um all those things that we like to think that we are as a country you know we say oh when they they do these kind of british all these you know these surveys what defines british or good sense of humor and a strong sense of fairness and it's like Really? <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> yeah, not well, necessarily how you're acting. It just, 
depends where the wind's blowing and which yeah. Tory government, you know, who. Who's well, I in think charge, often right? when people, I think often when when people say that, they mean I think people should be more fair towards me. <laughs> By more fair towards me, <laughs> yeah. if they lean towards yeah. me, then I think it's I think it's equitable. But um, yeah, I yeah. I just think I just think it was a it, it's a brilliant thing for him to do. I think sticking with it, I think getting the backing yeah. of Rock Nation is fantastic because. It's not, this is not some tin pot operation. He's gone, right. he's gone into it with like big, yeah, cannons. He's like, he's not going to yeah. guns blazing. He's got, you know, military weapons, he's got scud missiles and all kinds behind him. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah, you know. man. Yeah. Northern grit. I yeah, know. I exactly. Just, I, it's just like, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's so funny because on the one hand, at the beginning of lockdown, like the, the government were coming for the football players going, you should just give everyone your wages. Um, to, obviously they weren't saying that but who mm. cares we're not on the BBC here I can say what I bloody well like mm. um, <laughs> but I just and, and and then on the other hand then you've got you know, a few, few months later you've got Marcus Rashford doing his yeah. thing it's, and before it's that just, you had Jordan Henderson doing the players together where they yeah. put uh, they yeah. all because they because they wanted to do something that wasn't political and that went directly to the to where it was supposed to be going which was supporting frontline nhs stuff and that was the that was what they they wanted to do they they are they're not stupid you know there's a there's a there's a a, a sort of sense in this matthew syed wrote really well he wrote i had to call the times on it years ago um and I, I again i'm not always i i don't often actually agree with his his columns i, I don't think in the in the same way as him but he made an excellent point which is that physical intelligence isn't well regarded in this country we're a, we're a sort of nation of words and musical intelligence isn't isn't regarded well in this country you know it's, we, yeah, we are, we're a country that we're a country that, that lives on words so you know if for example you can quote out a latin book of phrases people think you're extremely bright but if you can yeah. and, he, and he talked about that you know the, the level of calculation that's required in playing, you know, putting, say, say, oh, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a, a free kick. Say, say you look at the second Liverpool, the Salah goal the other night, the, the cross from Trent, or the pass, Trent alexander on across the pitch that has to reach the player just as he gets there, just as Shakira gets to, yeah. to kind of, and then, and then the ball comes in and then Mo Salah talked about it afterwards and said, well, I actually, I saw the ball leave him. I thought it was a bit early. So I just did my run. And then I thought it was going to go, and this is within a second, you know, and then, right. I, and then I, I thought it was going to go right a little bit in front of me, but then it came actually into my feet. So I had to adjust my feet and then I had to change the foot. I was going to kick, you know, like, <laughs> all that happens in yeah. a split second. And we call these people stupid. It's just, it's, Inst it's yeah. different. It's, you know, it's, they, they could all get, yeah, but they could all get, you know, a book of quotations and throw sort of pseudo intellectual nonsense if they really wanted right. to, but why should they? You know, it, it's just you know, it, it just. Ooh, it, I wouldn't want that. No, but it's <laughs> but also that. it's it's yeah. just because and just because they can't. Some of them speak incredibly well. James Madison talks brilliantly, but for example, it's just yeah. because I, I heard him the other day, but um. But just because they can't articulate it doesn't mean they don't understand and and see things. I'm not, I'm not saying all of them are geniuses, but I'm saying they're not. You know, you can't just write everybody off as incredibly stupid. They're also bright enough to realise 
how much they need to apply themselves. There aren't any mavericks anymore who have like really Larry. I mean, the equivalent of a Larry lifestyle now is nowhere near the levels that it used to be. You know, oh my God. They're bright no, enough to take responsibility yeah. for their for their own future and often look after their families as well. And to go and get really good advice from people who know what they're, they're talking about. You've got to be a good judge to do that. And um yeah. and and they do that from a really, really young age. They you know, they are yeah. they are the head of the family from sometimes their teens. And it's yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot of responsibility. That Jesse Lingard's coming for so much stick and he's just gone off to, to West Ham. But when he talked about the responsibility on him for looking after siblings and for running his home and taking I think his mum wasn't very well, I think, and looking after you think, God, you know, these people are doing the job of you know, fathers and grandfathers when they're when they're twenty. It's just yeah. There's a lot. There's a Absolutely. lot going on. Some of the backgrounds that some of the footballers do come from. Yeah, you know, some of the, the stories you hear. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's amazing. It really does blow my mind how they they get their lives together and they prioritise so well. Yeah. Um, I think you know, hopefully that that will become more of a, of a I don't know social like commentary thing. Sorry, yeah. in terms of like maybe journalists will turn more towards that aspect yeah the pro- of it, problem is there'll always be but... there'll always be a couple of wrongs <laughs> to feed into the narrative yeah. and yeah, and that's, that's more true. and that's a better story you know i'm not stupid yeah, well, enough to think that you yeah. know young you know young player takes sensible car home to go and stay <laughs> stay in a, stay in his yeah. nice house and go in and play playstation all day that's not a story but, you know. Yeah, or you'll get like a, a COVID part, not a mm. COVID party, but you know, some idiot goes, mm. I think, Carl, I can't, Carl Walker mm. or something, I can't remember. He did get caught, didn't he? Planning. Yeah. Yeah, like idiotic behaviour like that, which, but any, anyway, mm-hmm. screw it. But what, I, what I'd love to know, um, to pivot right yes, back. Yes, yes. <laughs> to your 20s, yeah. what have you. Because um, I've, I, you know, I've, I've harboured um, fantasies about being a, I'm not, like, not a broadcast or something, but like kind of. Well, you like are. A, That's what you do, isn't it? That's this is what this. I is. guess so. Yeah. But well, well, I want to be Simon Mann, or I want to be yeah. um, not Robbie Savage. There's only one Robbie Savage. <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what was that like for you to like be your first gig? Where or was it a gradual thing? The nerves and the excitement, or was it just one particular like moment where you thought, okay, everything's live now? Holy no, shit, this it is was. Cool. Because when because when I started, it, we, and we were all very young, it would be, um, I up now. Um, it would be very. It, it was we were all young, and we all worked together, and then um, and so then it, then it happened slightly. It was a bit more gradual, and um, I didn't do any live football for Sky uh, or any pitch side stuff until. But I did do athletics and I did America's Cup sailing and I did um what else did I do I did some women's football at that stage as well but I did that elsewhere as well I, I did lots of different things so um I didn't do, do live Premier League football until well and then I left Sky and I did some pitch side reporting um it was just all it was all just it, it was never planned it was all a bit chaotic yeah. it was all a bit just and in the middle of all of that having two children as well and sort of going right, well I'll take my foot off a little bit here and then thinking but I should really keep doing something because otherwise I'm going to come back and I'm not going to have a job when I'm ready to work and mm. it, was, it was just it was just all a bit um chaotic it was just a question of taking what was offered and then luckily there isn't isn't really a bad job in football telly and radio they're all good fun mm. 
it's a nice it's area so to much work fun. in you all sound like you're having so much fun i, I, I like listening i'm mean, honestly you know just i suppose that it's actually a radio thing um that we, when i first you know got um became familiar with you um was i mean five lives always been on i, I whenever i've had terrible you used to do 606 mm. so we've probably maybe chatted once or, once or twice because mm. i used to phone up 606 all yeah. the time because I, I was, I had a terrible bout of depression from about thirty to about thirty-two. Oh no! And it was all. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't really. It was, it was awful. But it was compared to some people's depression, it, it wasn't. But I remember going down to Southampton all the time. It, 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 it was literally the only thing I had. And I'd come back, and I'd have six oh six on, and it, or Sports Report then six oh six, and it's absolutely a friend in the car. And I think that isn't unique everyone listens to the radio has that emotion but if you're aware of that which i'm sure you are what what is that when you're broadcasting do you ever do you ever pause and think god i I could be literally like talking to a will or a dave or a mary or whatever and they could be really low and they could be having a really shit time but i'm there for them in a little way do you ever less not not quite not quite that far along that sort of train of thought but I remember really early on um with 606 and it's the first time it's the first time I I I ever really sort of considered properly who was watching that was quite late in my career it was always kind of um you know you always sort of talk talk to the camera like it's a friend or talk to the microphone like it's a friend I just talk to one person and and that's particularly true in radio. But I remember the first time that it, that became um, sort of meaningful, rather than just an instruction that that you follow, was um, early on in, in six oh six. And a guy phoned up or texted, and I can't remember, and said, "I'm listening to six oh six while I'm washing up the dishes from Sunday lunch. I'm washing the pots." And I was like, "That's yeah. who we're talking to." That in my head, like, <laughs> yeah, we did yeah. the Sunday night one. And I was like, "That's that's we need to remember. That's where everybody is in their headspace. This isn't Saturday where everybody wants to call in from all the leagues, from all the things. This is Sunday. There are fewer games. Everybody from yeah. Saturdays had an extra twenty four hours to just kind of let things percolate a bit, and everybody's kind of gearing up for work and school the next day. Mm. So we need to match people on their." sort of emotional level at, at that at that thing and it just yeah it just sort of developed from from there and then often there'd be nights where depending on what it was that we we wouldn't take that just get in trouble because we wouldn't take that many calls right and we'd just sit there and we'd be like we'd have one call and we'd be like yeah but do you remember this or he'd start telling stories about something or oh, there'd be a, I know. I think it was just I've so had a nice chat with Ian right before yeah, yeah. and it, and it, and you got because I, I i'd get through quite quickly i'd be like Oh great! This is I'm, I'm I don't know I've hit a, a random algorithm and I've managed to get through, but in reality it's just you know not everyone's phoning up. But it's just you know you you must oh man you must love that Ian Wright. I mean I listened to his Desert Island Discs not so long yes. ago and God Almighty I was in floods of tears man oh yeah. my God I'm yeah. so but um that, that some of the people you've 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 because you know you're in a pretty unique position um you've you've obviously work with a lot of ex-footballers and a lot of people that haven't played the game but are wonderfully um, articulate. All the commentators just complete, all their names have left my head now, so that's really yeah. 
<laughs> no, but you're but right. but what's interesting that I know you're you're talking about you know reaching those levels of going oh my god this person's here or that, but the but well, the, the thing is the further the further along you get along the path, the better the people you work with, and so actually the easier the job is. So you okay. kind of you know if it's Ian Dennis or John Murray on the radio, I'm going to I'm going to miss people. I'm only going to say those two because otherwise I'll be like yeah, I'll be yeah, yeah, Conor yeah. McNamara or whether it's Martin Tyler or Bill Leslie or Rob Hawthorne or whoever on Sky. Then because of that, you 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 know that's that's the commentators and you and you're sort of used to their voices and listening with them. You you interact with them on the radio more than you do on on telly. But then when the guests come in. If it's a big game, you've got great guests. So the, yeah. the the big games, where which are the ones that you think you do get a little bit of adrenaline, but that's because you're excited. What well, because for me, it's because I'm excited yeah. about the game anyway, and I'm yeah. just I'm like I want to get it right because I want. There's so much to talk about. It's a question of narrowing it down, and I've got really but, great guests in, and I think I just want to make sure I get the best out of them, and it's but. It's it's just sorry to interrupt you, Kelly, but it's, it it is interesting to me to just think how someone like how I, for example, if I were presenting, and I wanted to get my opinion in, I I'm not I'm I'm pretty good at staying calm and letting the other person talk, sometimes, <laughs> um, but how do you do that? Like how do you not just go because you've you've got wonderfully like articulate opinion, and I'm just like. How, how do you not just go like mic drop when someone's talking complete nonsense? Or maybe that's a bad example. How do you not just go, hey man, just give me five minutes. I want to I want to talk now. Because you know? because I because I'm genuinely interested in what they say. Because I genuinely okay, yeah. value their opinion, and because um, I they they're the experts. That's why they're there. They you know, and if if it it, it it's it's important to me that that things that questions are framed or it, 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 interviewing a pundit is is about getting the best out of them about getting the best of their knowledge and kind of ex, it, trying to extract that from them um yeah. and sort of shining a, a spotlight on them really and you're trying to talk to them as much as you can around the game to what especially with somebody not if it's you know if it's Gary or Jamie or Graham or Roy or you know it is then that's a you know Micah or you know one of the kind of regular guys you just that's easy you just go you go I'm just going to come to you on this or even you don't even bother saying it you just throw anything you want at them because they're so experienced but when it's someone new you're sort of listening to their conversations Jamie Redknapp's very good in the studio with this with bringing new people into the conversation and, and getting them to talk about the game so that when it gets to half time and full time you can you can tailor your questions to what they want to say because there's no point in me asking them about how you know whether whether they should have played a back three or a back four if the guest thinks actually I don't think that's where the issue was I think the problem was that they couldn't you know penetrate the other end or whatever so then you ask them about you so yeah. you then you ask you ask them about the bit that they think is important or you try to anyway yeah mm. no 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 absolutely i th- i think you can tell when a, a presenter's telegraphing it a bit and yeah. um <laughs> yeah and, and and like basically we're as fo- footballers so footballers as, as football lovers i mean christ you know i i like to think that i know I mean, we all like to think that we could do a better job than X, Y, and Z because that's the nature mm. of supporters. But I just think um, 
show us more respect. That's why I love really awesome podcasts like the Totally Football podcast mm. or what have you, who just treat the listener with such a degree of respect. Where they assume knowledge. We, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's what I love yeah. about the 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 but it's but then but then you also but then it's also a different audience so totally football is a very specific audience yeah sky's audience is a bit broader something like match of the day Mm. is broader still you know you can't or um you you can't there's certain knowledge that you can assume with the say for example the totally football uh podcast that you can't assume on match of the day you have to kind of signpost it a little bit because it's millions of people, not all of whom are watching every second of of every game and are, yeah. you know, analysing it with their friends in forums and WhatsApp groups and what have you. They're, you have to be a little bit broader. And then the trick, which is a really hard one to pull off, which again, going back to the cricket coverage, the Sky Cricket coverage is the one that they did brilliantly, which is to kind of to, to, to aim it in two places at once, which is, you know, inform people who don't know but at the same time don't leave out the people who are who are informed the, already they call, yeah they call it the, the jargon buster yeah i love that yeah. it's so funny because there's so much jargon in yeah. cricket it's yeah. insane yeah. um but just just before we go you've been so generous with your That's time right. it's been I've, you know it's really, nice to really talk to somebody i'm not related to and who, and who's okay. over yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm always it's when i go into work yeah. it's always just quite nice and um <laughs> I sometimes feel that if I'm on with one of the regular guests and then somebody new comes in, I'm like, oh, somebody new. And I start telling them about my kind of slightly delayed supermarket delivery or something. Right. And then and then it'll be like sometimes like you can see Jamie Redknapp or whatever in the corner. So I'll go, so um, have you seen much of Southampton this season? <laughs> just on giving me the eyes as if to say, stop doing that yeah. to people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just because you don't get out, other people have stuff to talk about, you know. <laughs> did you see the did you see the colour of the uh, the clouds today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Oh god, I felt like that today on my walk. But yeah. um this is such a big subject, maybe we haven't got enough time to talk about it, but it is um it's quite an obvious one as well in, in, in terms of sexism around football and what have you and female presenters and, and, and what have you and um I mean I I I like to think that there's hope in terms of like I mean we're talking about like um uh, gender equality here but obviously we're talking about homophobia in football earlier and I I'm, I'm hoping that in uh, 10 years time will it will be a little bit more progress in a really mm. positive way as it, with with racism in football and that obviously lies a lot of that responsibility lies with um the um the, uh, the FA but um and society but in, in terms of like, because I know, again, I've, I've read that you haven't really experienced much in terms of sexism within. within yeah, your but then it's role, also you know it's, it's also about your own expectations of it as well. And I, yeah. I think about this a lot because I keep saying that. I, keep saying, I don't think I've really come across it. I really don't. And I just, but then I think I'm in a slightly different position in that I came up through Sky Sports News for eight, nine years where we were, we did all start together and we were all quite young. So I never really had to deal with the kind of dinosaurs or anything because they just weren't around us. We were all kind of just post-university mostly. And um, so that, that kind of didn't, and then, you know, even if I do think back to anything that may have been like brought up as even vaguely um, sort of sexist behaviour, it was because they were my mates. So you'd have those, like, you know, those slightly... Yeah, so never anything where I didn't... I've, I, 
in that in in that time I never was in a position where I felt I couldn't reply to anything or I couldn't say yeah. and that's that's what I mean by not experiencing it is that I've I don't think I've ever been in a position where I felt that if I was really uncomfortable I couldn't either deal with it or I couldn't talk about it to somebody who who could deal with it and I think that's yeah. that's where we need to, given that we're all imperfect, I think if we get to that point, if everybody can get to that point, I think it's not a bad place to be, which is where people feel comfortable bringing up issues. Because there will be issues. There will always, whatever the issue is, that that will always happen. But if we get to a stage where we can all bring it up, that's fine. And I don't know if that's me or if it's the fact that maybe when I was younger, I was inexperienced. And so anything that may have been sexism I sort of took as just your kind of rookie ritual stuff and and didn't take it that way so I I don't I don't know I can't think of anything there's nothing that really stands in my mind but I do know the other women who were around at the same time as me did experience it and experienced quite kind of extreme but quite sort of blatant sexism and I I find that extraordinary do you I mean do you feel like I mean it's a lot of pressure but do you feel the I don't know carrying a bit of like the weight of the sisterhood you know what I mean when you're presenting or whatever or you're not does that not even really cost your mind you I mean not every day not every day and and also I started at Scone Gabby Logan had just left maybe Gabby or I think them just left to go to ITV to present their live football so already Mm. like and Gabby and I pretty much the same age so that already somebody my age had already broken down massive barrier in that in that sense so they were already and then from before you know people like hazel Irvin had been working and there was they've been in love hazel um but there had been so many there had been people um around and we started and there was a really strong group of girls at sky because there's also this thing of if women work in the same area then they are necessarily all bitches and all hate each other and they're all in competition which is just nonsense the <laughs> men are so competitive and so bitchy whereas the oh, women yeah. generally speaking are pretty support i mean i'm not saying there aren't like little snarky comments because that's the same with everybody but we do that about everybody but you know but um but yeah the women generally speaking are are really supportive of each other so it's it's a it's a different it's a completely different setup I, i don't feel like going in to do my job i don't think like the whole future of women in football is on my shoulders <laughs> but i do think that oh, no. there are moments where um that I think like a conversation with somebody is helpful or I think that bringing up some bringing up a point of you know that might just not be quite right is helpful that you know or things like we're going to have a discussion about this do you think we should have this person on the panel then or do you think we should you know in the the, you know the amount of times that you have an all-white panel talking about racism and we kind of know now that that is horrendous but that, but that's only recently that that's changed. That's only in the last few years. Um, it's insane. It's like, but but that to my point, like earlier, we're talking about you know, and Robbie Savage and whoever is on the show and Gary's presenting, and they're talking about homophobia and football. With, you know, it's it's just it's where's just the a voice? Bit odd that yeah, right. But that's a difficult one because it's hard to find the voice. Yeah, exactly. It, because it, because yeah, there, exactly. there isn't a voice at that level yet. There are footballers who've come out very few yeah. while they were playing mostly afterwards but you know there are players who've come up but but it's very difficult to find somebody at that level but you know what's really fun about this conversation is i've i've tried 
Maybe if we had, if we, if, if this was on a flight to Thailand mm. or something, and we had hours, mm. I could make this. I could really make focus into you a little bit more. But we, it wasn't my intention to make it quite so. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, broad in terms of not broad but like you know m- these massive subjects um and what have you i don't know why that's happened I think it's because <laughs> it's because you are you know so um focused i don't know it, 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 i don't want to use the word intelligent because it sounds <laughs> fucking daft. Uh, but, but it's, but it's, know, I, yeah I, th- I just think they're all i think they're all really interesting i think you're right there are there are big issues and i think the other point you made about earlier on about, you know, are they society's problems or are they football problems? I think obviously they're society problems, but I think football has, has a, an ability to, to reach a group of people that mm. may be swayed by football when they wouldn't necessarily be swayed by something else. You know, that's not yeah. to tar everybody with this this brush i remember having a conversation on social media ages and actually i mean years ago this conversation that somebody had written about it was about sexism in football i think and somebody had written an article that argued that um they didn't want a sanitized form of football they didn't want football to be all kind of oh jolly good show and play fair and all that kind of thing and they're like that's not what i go to football for and that's and they kind of wrapped sexism up in that sort of thing and that and that oh, abuse abuse was abuse was kind of part of the game and it was all and I and I read it no but I read it and I thought that's it's one of those classic cases of having a kernel of a point and then exploding it to to be on the point where it, it makes sense anymore and I, I sort of put it out on the Twitter good at that. Yeah. yeah and I, I sort of put it out on, on Twitter and I got so many I was like, look, I, I'm not agreeing with this. I just think it's an interesting point. I was just interested to hear what people had to say about it. It was this was pre-hysterical Twitter. It was still quite chilled, and um, <laughs> and I and I, um, and I got so many messages back from guys saying, um, it is you know it's traditionally a working class men's sport, but don't write me off as a sexist, homophobe, racist because I'm a white working class man. Don't like lump mm. us all in the you know I go to the football with my daughter, my daughter plays, or, you know, I yeah. I follow a team because of my mum, or, you know what, it's, or just, I'm just not that person without without reference yeah. to anyone else. And I found that, re- that was years ago, and I found that really encouraging. And I've, I've kind of always kept that in mind, which is that you can't, mm. there is an ability for football to reach a group of people that may not otherwise be reached by, by these arguments. But I think also you don't want to, you know, bundle all football supporters together as these kind oh, of Neanderthals because that's not that's not the yeah. case at all. But plus, you've got to leave a, a, a certain degree of hope for the change of future. And if we want change, you've got to be able to just hope that there are people like these you know, guy that you highlighted there. That those people are out there and they're willing to voice their opinion um, in a constructive way. Yeah, right? it's no. If you start writing everyone off, there's just no what, what mm. we've got left. Um, I, yeah. It's it. and, and even, you know, even those things that feel symbolic, that um, Wrighty spoke on the international coverage of the game the other day about players taking the the racist abuse that mm. the players have had recently on, on social media. And he was saying, he was saying he feels that we need to all keep wearing the badges, need to all keep, uh, players need to keep taking the knee because he feels that... Um, 
it's being backed up with work that's being done behind the scenes. So he feels like it's not it's not a um, yeah. it's not just a, a symbolic gesture. But even yeah. on even on that sense, my nephews are only little, both just just at, just started primary school, my the youngest one, and um, and my sister phoned me the other day and she said she could she the boys take the knee before they play football in the back garden really? when they play football oh against each God. other, and I was like, oh my gosh, she went, she said so. I sort of said to them, she said, first of all, I was like, what are they doing? And then she realised, and then she's like, do you know why you do this? So she had the conversation with them. And they're, yeah. whatever, four and six. And it's just, and obviously in an age-appropriate way and all that kind of thing. Yeah, of course. But yeah. Um, I just think it, it might not be the answer, but there are there are little shoots that come off of all these all yeah. these little gestures. But especially if you're giving the kids the opportunity there, right, to just at least ask, be inquisitive. Why is this happening, Mum? Why is that? Well, they hadn't even thought about like, it. To be fair, she had to go yeah. and ask them. They just did it because okay. the players did. And she it's, said, "Do you know why? Do you know why you do this?" So they, you know, great, so maybe yeah. there's this a, is what football stands for. Yeah, and that, look, it's one example, and I get that, and I also mm. get that there's much more to be done than just taking the knee and wearing a badge. I get, I get all of that, mm. um, but sometimes, and and that taking of the knee at the Villa Sheffield United game. Because I was there for that game, and that was the first one, and we got wind of it before we went on air. Just they might do this, they might do this, so we kind of knew it was coming. But when they did it, it was they genuinely breathtaking. I actually caught my breath because it was it was so powerful that that first one, that first symbol was just just in in with everything that was happening. It was amazing. It was really emotional. Just really, I bet. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I, yeah, it was for me. I felt emotional. You telling, uh, yeah, saying that as well. I, yeah, I, you just got to hope, haven't you? I think that's what it is. It's, it's hope. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, coupled with the fact that it was born out of total tragedy, and and yeah, but, but it's still, yeah. Oh, but you, you know, it's you know, it's it's, it's not going to happen just with good intentions, is it? You know, there has to be there has no. to be genuine work, um, being done on this and. It, it's it's huge and and it's not going to go away overnight. But um, we just kind of have to do what yeah. we can in the in the meantime. I think. And yeah, because it's because we can we can sit here and kind of go, oh god, it's awful, and something needs to be done, and oh well, there's all these gestures, and well, that's a good thing, and you know, two small boys <laughs> have asked their mum about it, so therefore it's a good. Thing. It's none of it, none none of all of it on it, none of all of that sort of really adds up to very much, but. If it's part, if if there is other work being done, I'm not, I'm not, I'm very conscious of the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here with no personal experience of racism, sort of yeah. saying, well, you know, I just think it's, it'd be, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware that, that of how it can sound and I, I'm not, you know, trying to diminish it no, or no, pretend that, this, pretend that I know the changed. answers or, but, but it's just, it's just, I think, doing what you can. And the, the other the other thing, the Premier League had this big, big initiative as well, is call it out in life, I think, is a is the thing. Don't kind yeah. of be a, don't kind of make excuses for people and go, oh, well, they're old. Oh, I've, well, they don't I've do this. In, but I've seen that in stadiums. I've seen, I've been to many away games or home, whatever, where there's someone that's been a racist, like barely, like, you know, I think it's probably maybe happened three or four times. Every single time it's happened, four or five guys have told that guy to mm. get out mm. and they've taken and I've seen it I saw it at Arsenal uh, my own obviously was in the way end yeah. and one of our supporters 
was racially abusing Ryan Bertrand mm. or whatever. And four or five guys like just grabbed him and just chucked him out. I've, you know, it, there yeah. are a lot of people, like you said when you touched on it earlier, that just don't stand for it. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not all. You know, <laughs> I don't sound like like a, a you know a, what my I'm gonna yeah. stab you in the face, nineteen eighties <laughs> West Ham fan. But you know, I'm like, yeah, it's just good to see. Sometimes it's just these terrible things happen; they get said. But there are like five or six other guys that are like gonna chuck that guy out, yeah. and that's that's a good thing. Yeah. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let you go. Yes, like I need to go and put hours. my children to bed as well. And kind of, oh, <laughs> they're, they're having the time of their life. Their friend, they will think it's Christmas. They'll be FaceTiming <laughs> people and doing all kind of, <laughs> They'll be absolutely how, how delighted. They? They're nine and twelve. Nine, what you yeah. did say? Yeah, nine yeah. and twelve. God, yeah, that that's just like great yeah. nine and twelve i wonder what that's gonna be like yeah yeah i couldn't oh, imagine man. it when my girls were as small as yours i couldn't yeah. i could imagine them as sort of teenagers and adults but i couldn't imagine yeah. them at those in between stages i found that really hard to imagine yeah it's magic nine though, and twelve but then our neighbors their girls are i think they're 16 and 18 i think now oh no yeah, yeah. 17 and 19 and they've got so they're just that bit on so i remember when when we moved in and they were there and i, I would do the same thing <laughs> as you're doing you go yeah. Oh my God, what's that going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, it's mad. It but um, I'll I'll say hi um to I'll say hi to Pat Nevin from you. Ah, uh, do you know what I went to because you said you were going to speak and I I looked when I um because I had to listen to a couple of the pods which I really enjoyed. I flicked through, but so I didn't listen to it. I really enjoyed it. And then um I did that thing where I looked through and I was like, oh God, what do I want to listen to first? And then I was like. Oh, and it's Booth and Fleabag and oh well, I'll listen to it and then I was listening to a bit of the Tom Petty one and then I was, I was like oh but I want to hear about this anyway um, but Pat's not done yet is he? No no okay. that's early March I think because oh, he's, he's, he's when the book's boy, out yeah when the book's out so yeah. oh god it's really annoying because I've got to try and read some of the book but then again <gasps> have you got it? He's not, oh I've ordered no, mine I've but... got to ask his agent oh. I've got to ask his agent for one but I, I was thinking yeah, it's much more fun we don't know stuff about as someone sometimes yeah. it's more of a surprise and more of a natural Pat, reaction Pat has the best stories like pat is just <laughs> oh I lo- he's one of my favorite when we when we go off and do um if pat's on an away day when we get to stay over at night he's just i would sit in the bar for hours with him he's just got yeah. he's just so interesting and he's just so, so clever and just he's also just um just he's because you love your music don't you like yeah, big time, he's yeah. um he's Oh, he's he's just he's so interesting on music and the people he knows and the things he's done and he's just really interesting. He's a he's a brilliant a brilliant guest. You'll love it. You'll have a, you'll have the best time talking to him. He's lovely. I I have had the best time, <laughs> but you do have to go and have your. <laughs> no 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 no. But it's just been it's just been really really great. It's really refreshing. Like, um, it feels like it's just gone like that, which is flown by. Case, so. I know. Oh, yeah. thank you. Um, I really enjoyed it. Fun. Thank you. This one coming is that right? To the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm, and a little elbow. Well and a, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Mm, it feels quite aggressive. Elbow, and kind of, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's oh. brilliant. So I'll go and um, I'll go and get the girls and try and get them into bed. <laughs> See how hard <laughs> they on. fight me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I hope you get fun. another good night's sleep as well, the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be magic oh my god yeah anyway. she'll, she'll do it for a couple of weeks and then she'll go back again to broken sleep and <laughs> but nothing lasts oh my god nothing lasts when no. they're when they're no, tiny that's exactly it it's all exactly that's why i keep telling myself kelly that's exactly doesn't feel like that does it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel no. like that kelly feels oh, like i'm in a god. yeah and everything is going to yeah. be a habit that they're going to keep for life <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, That'd God. be quite weird. Yeah. yeah, doing shits in the middle of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. All right, look after yourself. Lovely to talk to you, Will. Take care. You too, Kelly. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. bye, bye.